Picture this. You wake up in the morning, roll over in bed, you grab your phone, face ID unlocks your screen, and you tap on the TikTok app. First, you spend some time checking your notifications, getting sucked into a TikTok hole, and then you decide it's time to head on over to Instagram. You tap on the icon and open the app, and what you see is uh, confusing, worrisome at first. There's nothing in your home feed. All your posts, all your stories, they're gone. Your bio is gone. You can't see anyone's stories. You're thinking, ugh, another bug, great Instagram, thanks, as usual. Close the app, you go on with your morning. Later on in the day, you check it again, and it's still happening. Before bed, still happening. Over the next couple of days, you send countless help messages to Instagram in every different way that you can possibly submit them. Days and days go by. No one at Instagram has gotten back to you, and your Instagram still doesn't work. And at this point, honestly, you're out of options. The worst part is you have absolutely no way to reach your audience. See, I actually don't have to picture what this scenario would look like because it happened to me. Social Mates Instagram was thriving one day and completely gone the next. I was never able to recover it or even get a response from Instagram. All the hard work that my team and I put into this account vanished for no reason in a moment's time. It got me thinking, you know, what we hear entrepreneurs saying all the time that you don't own your audience on social media. Without notice, it can be gone and all of the work that you've done to build your loyal community is essentially in the trash. After this wake-up call is when we started the Social Mate Facebook group and that now has over 650 creators in it, but it's also when we started to get consistent in sending out high-quality weekly newsletters and putting more effort into building our email list. At first, I realized that building an email list and sending out weekly emails was honestly a bit overwhelming. I, I really didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to say. I didn't even know if people were going to open these emails. These are the things that I'd bet you and your fellow creators go through when you consider building your email presence, right? I'm Kristen Busquet, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. This week, we're here with Dylan Bridger, an email marketer who helps coaches and course creators make more money with email marketing. He does this by providing done-for-you email copywriting services and done-with-you email marketing coaching and training. Over the past 10 years, his marketing funnels have generated over $2 million in sales for his clients. This week, Dylan is answering all of our burning questions about newsletters. What do we include in them? How often should they be sent? How can we avoid people unsubscribing? How do we grow that email list? And how and when can we monetize it? We're giving you the scoop on all things newsletters for creators. This by BizBFFs is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 34 of Social Scoop. My name is Kristen, and I'm so excited that you're here listening to this podcast. 
I have so much fun news to share with you today, but I have a question for you first. How the heck are you not in our Facebook community yet? You're listening to this podcast, which probably means that you find value in chatting about the world of social media and being a content creator. We take that conversation from just the two of us to you getting to chat, network with, and bounce ideas off of almost 700 of your fellow creators. Every day, there's something new to learn, a new experience for you to hear about, or a question for you to help out with, just as your fellow creators will do for you. The link is in the description, so I will see you guys there. First things first, this week, we now know what Instagram communities might look like. So in the last couple of weeks, I have mentioned Instagram communities to you. This will essentially be the Instagram version of Facebook groups. Now, if you go to the show notes, you can actually see the visual of what this is supposed to look like, but essentially we can see a community name and description, plus how many members followed by a short description and an option to, quote, join community. That's what the button says. And you can also create a profile photo for the group as well. So you'll want to go check this out so you can see what it looks like. This is something that I'm actually really excited about. I think it will be definitely really cool as a way to be able to hang out with people more and have better connections with the people in your community or even outside of your community. So Instagram communities is on the way. And honestly, it's really cool. So you can see now what it's actually maybe going to look like. Instagram is also testing adding a new contact option called get quote. So especially for my small business owners, my service providers that are listening, this is really cool because people will be able to actually request a quote from you straight from Instagram without even having to leave the app. Right now, we're basically unsure of exactly what you're going to be able to ask them for when setting up that get quote button, but people will definitely be required to at least put in their name and their email address. And again, if you're looking to see what this looks like in the show notes, we do have a screenshot from the person that we got this information from who basically tests out the apps and kind of goes behind the scenes to see what Instagram is working on. So the get quote option will be pretty cool. And that is coming soon. Reels templates are also coming. So this is something that I talked about a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um, It has been confirmed by Instagram, but I want to tell you where you'll be able to find them so that when you do get access to them, you'll know where to check. So essentially, when you're in the Reels recording area, so that area where you would typically go to record your Reel or upload your Reel, you will essentially be able to tap templates at the bottom of the screen. Again, in the show notes, there is a photo of this, but you'll see it on that screen where you go to upload or record your reels. When you're in there, you can actually just see a bunch of different templates that you can actually choose from. And for those who don't know what this is yet, templates is basically what it sounds like for reels. So you'll be able to click on any of these videos and hit use template so that you can essentially upload all of your own photos and videos and Instagram will auto sync your content the way that the other template video was put together in terms of how long the clips are or you know the song and things like that so huge time saver for creators I'm really really excited about this I think it's going to be just groundbreaking for people who want to create reels but 
you know, don't have the time um, or even the editing capacity or knowledge. So Reels templates are confirmed by Instagram. This is where you can go to find out if you have them. I honestly don't have any information about exactly when everyone will get them, but I would keep kind of keeping an eye out in that area so that when you do see it, you know that you've got templates. Also, a little PSA, Instagram is testing bringing back the location and hashtag stories. So before we used to be able to tag locations or tag hashtags in a story and we would be able to scroll through all of the other stories when clicking on the location or the hashtag that actually use that location or hashtag in their story. So for example, if I tag Charlotte, North Carolina, in one of my stories, I would be able to click on that tag and then see all of the other people who have shared stories also tagging Charlotte. So I think it's a really cool way to kind of see what's going on in your area. Um, This was something that we've had on Instagram for a really long time. And when Reels came out, this actually went away. So it looks like they're testing bringing that back. So this is your PSA to essentially start using that location tag and hashtags again on your stories as basically just a new, uh, I guess, revamped way of being discovered. As for TikTok, we really don't have any big TikTok news, but I did want to mention a few weeks ago, I had talked to you guys about the new editing features that are coming to TikTok. Honestly, it's like a video editing app on TikTok. So you don't have to do all of your editing in a different app and then bring it over to TikTok. You can do it all in that app. So I actually, on one of my accounts this past weekend, uh, just a couple days ago, I got access to this feature. When I tell you it is incredible, I'm not like, no exaggeration. It is a whole entire video editing app in TikTok. So the amount of just time saving that it's doing for me has been really great. And honestly, my favorite thing about it is that I can basically, you know, when you have like two things of text that you want to, you know, like end at the same time, or you want to clip your text at the end of a slide, the the drag and drop kind of like clip uh, to cut. I don't know how exactly how to word it, but essentially like you can choose the duration of the text and then you can hit copy and it and just change what that text says and it will go for the exact same amount of time like i mean it really makes adding text especially to videos so much easier i literally am so happy that they did this so i just updated my app randomly and then went on and i had it only on one of my accounts though so i don't have it on um the other two accounts that i work on so Uh, I'm not sure when that's releasing to everyone, but keep updating your app because when you get it, I'm not kidding. It is life-changing if you are someone who posts on TikTok quite a bit. So that is all of our news. I did want to just tell you guys about something exciting. So for the last few weeks, you have heard me getting so excited about our monthly creator membership. And guess what, guys? Guess what? We are officially soft launching today. So Tuesday, 628 today, we are officially soft launching our membership program. So only podcast listeners and Facebook group members 
are going to be invited to join. So I'm not sharing this all over my Instagram or on our newsletter, anything like that. It's only for you guys and for our Facebook group. And since we're just getting started, I wanted to offer 50% off of your first month with the code SCOOP, just like social scoop. So what is this membership all about? Let me give you the quick rundown just so you know exactly what's going on here. Basically, it is the ultimate club for creators. Our membership is built for creators to essentially have a place to get all the resources, the education, and the connection that they need every single month to be successful creators. In this membership, you're going to have access to new templates every month, exclusive podcast episodes, monthly live video Q&As with me and the rest of your community, our collaborative brand email list, weekly reels, trending sounds, and much, much more. So you can head to the link in the description and don't forget to use code SCOOP for 50% off of your first month. If you are a creator and you do not have a newsletter, but maybe you've been thinking about it or you kind of like heard a little bit about newsletters, so you've been curious, you are about to get a serious crash course. I'm selfishly also very excited for our guest today. So we are here today with Dylan Bridger, who is an email marketer who helps coaches and course creators to essentially just make more money with email marketing. So Dylan, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Kristen. It's great to be here. Of course. Okay, so start off by telling us a little bit about who you are and kind of what you offer right now. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, uh, like Kristen mentioned, I'm an email marketing specialist and copywriting uh, for for the email channel. Um, I've been in online marketing for about 10 years now. You know, it started with like some side hustles in university, Um, eventually, you know, became a real passion and and I've been doing it for a while. Um, And what I realized from bouncing between all the strategies and tactics over the years through advertising and content writing and everything else is that email has really withstood the test of time. And it's a really important channel for anyone to have and and to to take advantage of. So I realized that a lot of creators and coaches and people who sell like info products really, um, there's a, a big need for email marketing because it's an entire business built on relationships and trust. And email is one of the best ways to supply that that trust and build those relationships. And so over the past year and a half or so, I've been entirely focused in on on helping uh, creators, coaches, and course sellers um, either figure out email marketing for themselves to be able to do it themselves, uh, or even just supplying um, done-for-you email copywriting services for coaches and, and course sellers. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a really good point that email has kind of withstood the test of time. It's true. There are not a lot of marketing or advertising avenues that have done what email marketing has done. So, I mean, I think that right there is a really good point on why every creator really should have a newsletter. Um, So aside from that, I mean, why should a creator essentially like take this extra step to create a newsletter. Obviously, a lot of creators are already going crazy creating content for TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, all of the things. Like, why should we add one more thing onto our plate? Yeah, it's a really good question. And, and I'm glad you started with that. And I think like, there's so many reasons why email marketing is, is such a great channel. But I think in the context of like creators and influencers, I think a very obvious one is that 
you own your email list. So unlike, you know, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, you name it, um, you know, in all likelihood, most people will probably be okay, but there are instances where either the algorithm changes radically um, or, you know, in the worst case scenario, you get your account shut down or you right. get shadow banned or something like this. So with an email list, you own that channel and you can you can direct that traffic where you want it. So I think that's one really good reason, uh, especially for, for yeah. your audience. Yeah, I'm, I actually really appreciate the idea of having somewhere else to talk to your audience in case anything were to happen on social media platforms. I actually personally have had this happen to me where we had a business account for my my business and one day I logged on and everything was gone. It let me log in so I didn't oh. get hacked, but just like years of work was just gone. So it was wow. extremely upsetting to say the least, but I was really thankful that I had other channels to fall back on, but I can't imagine having that happen and not having another way to reach reach this audience that I've been building for years. You know, you put so much work into it. So I do yeah. think that's a really good point. Now, when people are starting a newsletter, what are the different platforms that are like, quote, good platforms that people really like? Are there kind of different platforms for different needs? Like, what are some of your favorites? Yeah, absolutely. Good, good question. So I think a really good one for creators um, is ConvertKit. Um, and that one you can start, I think it's pretty inexpensive. They might even have a free trial, um, yeah. but they're, they're a good platform because it really helps you just like get set up and running really quickly without having to have too much technical, you know, know okay. and it's kind of got everything that you would need for, you know, a creator or a personal brand without all of the bells and whistles that you might need if you were like a, um, like an e-commerce store with a bunch of products and a bunch of flows and stuff like that. Okay. So, you know, ultimately to get up and running, all you really need is like an email opt-in page and, you know, probably a welcome sequence of like emails uh, and the ability to send out emails regularly or, or newsletters regularly. And ConvertKit has all of that functionality okay. right out of the box. Yeah, I've heard a lot about ConvertKit and it honestly seems so intimidating to me. So I haven't looked too deep into it, but everyone that I look up to with newsletters uses ConvertKit. So I... I'm almost like, should I switch? I currently use Flowdesk right now, and I really love the the visuals. I'm definitely with all my branding and everything, and because of what I do, visuals are so important to me. So that's one reason why I really love Flowdesk. But there are really only so many things that you can do there. So I definitely think that ConvertKit might be, you know, a little bit more in depth. Um, also, I mean, would you recommend like? people really figure out what platform is best for them now before they really build this list? Because isn't it kind of like frustrating process to have to switch from one to the other? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, um, I've, I've been kind of, fortunately, I haven't had to have many instances so far where I've had to migrate my, my stuff. So yeah, I can't speak too much to it. But I think, yeah, I think a good way is just to look at realistically what your needs are um, and do a quick cross comparison. And like, yeah. But I, I would say um, there, like there's always probably going to be something that could be better or a feature that could be missing or right. not there on your on your email software. So my sort of my sort of um, tough love opinion on that would be like even if you can just get started somewhere, um, I think getting started yeah. today is better than putting it off a couple of weeks because there's always going to be question marks about the platform. Even today, there's features I maybe look for and other right. things. So. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the same with anything that creators do. It's like you have to just do it or else you're going to keep saying you'll do it and then you just never end up doing it. <laughs> so Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to just go for it. Okay, so kind of diving into logistics a little bit more. So the biggest question that I got from creators when I told them that I was doing this episode with you was how do I know what to even include in this newsletter? Like, what do I even say? <laughs> yeah, that's a, a really, that's pretty much the, the whole question of email marketing. Yeah, in a that's sense the right loaded there. question. <laughs> yeah, no, it, that's great though. Thanks for asking. So I think it all comes back to like deciding what your, what your ideal, you know, customer or, or user, um, what's interesting for them? Okay. What are they struggling with today? What are they, what do they want? Um, and what is also your topic of expertise and kind of look at those three things and then come up with like a strategy that, that, that every time they open an email, they should get something valuable according to one of yeah. those kind of pillars. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big preacher of like, like storytelling. I mean, most email marketers I think are a lot of times preach that same thing, which is like, if you could tell a quick little story and it can even be something about your day and then transition it into some sort of lesson that's uh, pertinent to them. Right. And then either sell your product or sign off there. That's a really good format because people love like reading stories. And especially if you're someone who's like, if you can document what you are doing, almost like building in public and sharing those information with your email list, I think that's really powerful too. A lot of the, the most engaged emails I'll get are like, if I send out an email confessing to like a mistake I made or like a huge oversight or or even a big win, you know, so you can kind of share your your own uh, journey. Another thing is if you have frequent questions that your subscribers, Ooh, that your yeah. audience on social media ask, that's a really good one and a really easy one because you can basically just say, yesterday I got this question, put the question and then drop your answer. Right. And if someone in your audience asked it, it's likely that someone else would, would have that same question. So that's a good one as well. And then, of course, there's always just like how-to information. Like if you have some tactical, valuable uh, tidbits of advice, right. um, you know, that can be good as well. But I like to recommend as much as possible injecting your personality or at least trying to inject some personality into your email because otherwise there's no real reason to open your email versus just going and reading a blog post online. Somewhere. Yeah. No, I mean, you bring up so many great points and it's so interesting because I feel like so many creators think of newsletters and they think of just like, you know, when their their favorite store is having a sale and they send those like big promotional emails and they don't really think about it being something where you can connect with people. Like for me, I always try and share in my newsletters, again, like a personal story. I love the storytelling, you know, same thing whenever I share like, oh my gosh, this one time that I owed thousands of dollars and didn't expect to or whatever it is, like those are the kind of things that are such great learning experiences for other people. They're so valuable, but it's just another way to get to know you and have those people want to open your email, like you said, versus going to a blog post. So it's cool that there are so many of these different formats that people can try out. Do you typically find that one works better than others for that uh, someone's specific audience? Or is it usually that it ends up being kind of a mix of, of all the different types? Yeah, I would say it's, it's a bit of a mix and match okay. from what I've seen. Cause like I'll work with some clients and we'll send out an email that's like one sentence. Like, do you need help with X? Okay. 
And for some reason, that's the one that just causes everyone to come out from the woodwork and buy their, their program. Interesting. So sometimes you can get away with, with that. But then other times, like in my experience, um, if I'm telling a story, um, client success stories work really well, um, particularly if you're selling some sort of like service. Um, but if you could tell a little story, th- in those contexts, I'll get a lot of responses. Right. But then other times I'll share some random checklist that I just thought of to help me. And then someone will say, okay, this was the email that did it. I want to work with you starting right now. Right. So I would say variety is really important. And then more more importantly too, is, is just tracking what works and what doesn't. So yeah. if you find that every time, yeah, like if you find every time you send a story email, it does exceptionally well. Basically just continue doing what works and stop doing what doesn't work. It's really yeah. Really simple advice, I would say. Yeah, and it's interesting because with email marketing and this kind of, you know, trial and error process of again finding out what things work well, doing more of that, it's really the same with social media content. You know, social media creators have to try so many different formats, try talking to the camera, not talking to the camera, all these different things. And again, you learn what works really well and what doesn't. But I think it's difficult for a lot of creators because they don't necessarily want to put in the work that it takes to have to try all of these different things. But at the end of the day, I think building a business, especially when it's your own brand, you're the only one who's going to go do that trial and error. And it really is such valuable information that you get back. So I think it's always worth taking the time to do the trial and error for sure. Absolutely. And like to that, like you'll, you'll get, it's it's like writing emails and like going through the motions is, is like a muscle that you kind of need to flex and you need to put in the reps before you get the skill. Right. So like my best recommendation, it, it does sound like a lot of work, but like if you sit down to a blank page, looking at an email today and it's like torture, like be nice to yourself, try to get something down. But I would say just like, Try doing it every day for seven days. Like just try carving out 30 minutes a day and doing that. And by the eighth day, I can almost guarantee you'll be doing better than on day one. Yeah, that's a a really great tip. It is. It's like, you know, it's the more you do it, the better you become at it and the easier it becomes. I know for me, whenever I sit down with my blank page and I'm like, oh man, (laughs) what am I about to say right now? I'll always write like a a bullet point little list of like, here's what I want to say. Because I usually go in with some topic that I want to talk about. I'll bullet point it. I think it's kind of like intimidating to think I have to start at the first paragraph and then write this whole thing. So I always like to just write the talking points and then put them into sentences and paragraphs. And that works really well for me. So definitely something to try out as well. Yeah, I love that. I I sort of do the same thing, to be honest. So that's a a great strategy. Yeah. So with newsletters, another question that we got uh, from a few people was how often should they be sent? Like, is this another trial and error thing where, you know, you try it. If you send too many, maybe you're getting some unsubscribes, but then also you don't want to lose people. So how do you know how often you should be sending your newsletter? Yeah, that's another really good question. And it's a pretty polarizing question among email marketers. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I think the answer I usually give is aim for at least one time a week. Yeah. And I say that because I think that's very, very attainable. No matter how busy people are, I think that's very attainable. Right. And I think it's frequent enough that you can get some results from it, but not so frequent that if you if you're fearful of unsubscribes, that it'll it'll turn you off from that. But what I would say is that that should really be a minimum. And if you can do like three times a week 
you'll likely get more sales or more more results whatever yeah. you're going for the more you do it and i would also argue that you won't necessarily lose all that many more unsubscribe like you won't have that many more unsubscribers if you mail three times a week versus once a week you will for a short period but that's okay because if someone doesn't want to hear from you like they're they, not they'll just unsubscribe and yeah there's no hard feelings right and they probably won't buy exactly right. so i think like it's kind of a little bit of a numbers game in that like the more shot the more you show up the more likely you have to make that sale because the reality is is like if you're doing really good job at email marketing you might have you know 50 to 70 percent open rate if you're doing a really good job okay so that means that if we say 50 percent, that means half the people aren't seeing any given email right so a segment of your list maybe up to 50 percent is only effectively receiving an email every two weeks if you do it okay once, that's a good point yeah, that's a good point. We send ours out once a week. And I think my click rate right now or my open rate is usually somewhere between like 50 to 53%. Um, so that was actually a question I was going to ask you, you know, what is like a good open rate? And then also what is a good click rate? I guess you should also maybe explain what the two are um, for anyone who's listening that's not sure. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, yeah, like open open rate being the amount of people that open uh, you know, divided by the amount that you send out. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it depends based on the niche. But like if, if you're if you're doing like 50 to 55 percent, um, I believe you're doing you're doing a, like a great job. That's okay. above <laughs> average. Like there's yeah, like there's people that and like I have similar stats on, on my personal brand list. Yeah. Um, and but yet I see some companies that have like that I've consulted with that have, you know, 20 to 30 percent. Um, and they're still doing excellent with okay. email marketing. So it also depends on how large your list is. Obviously, if you have a gigantic list, right, you can expect it'll probably be a slight lower, um, that l- makes lower sense. rate. And then, yeah, and then click rate. It's a really good question, and it, and it's tough to really give much of a benchmark because it really depends on how. Like, if you have a long form email where you put a little click in the PS, that's going to be dramatically lower than if you have yeah. a two sentence email at the very top. It's, it's a button to click something. Right. Um, so it's tough to really give a meaningful, meaningful number there. Um, but like if you're doing between like two and 10%, I think you're, you're certainly having a, a good okay. click rate there. Um, but it really depends on, on the nature of the email itself. And I think it depends on the, the historical data in that account. Okay, that makes sense. That's that's a really good point there. And that click rate is essentially just who's clicking on the uh, any links that you have. Is that click rate of the people who have opened it or of your entire list? Um, it depends on the email platform okay. you're looking at. I believe ConvertKit has it divided by the number of sends. Good question. I, I got to double check that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. that number of yeah, I was just thinking about that for my own personal use here. And I was just like, huh, I'm not even sure there. Okay. Oh, I'll have to check on it too for Flowdesk. Yeah, because I think there's there's some some also use like, I think it's click to open rate, I think is what it's called. And that's okay. the measure of how many, I believe it's that one. That's the measure of the clicks divided by the okay. number of people that open. All so right, that it makes depends sense. on which platform you're looking at. Cool. Okay. So when it comes to, you know, building this list of subscribers, obviously we want to build it, but sometimes you end up getting unsubscribed. So, you know, you're kind of going lower, going higher, it ends up balancing out. So how can we avoid having people unsubscribe from our newsletter? What are some tips? Yeah, I think like the probably the most basic and maybe frustrating answer would would just be to try to respect kind of like an 80% value 
twenty percent, um, you know, commercial or or pitch okay. ratio in in ter- like brutally speaking, because like if you're constantly if you send an email and it's just a blatant pitch, um, while well, you can get away with it every now and then if it's necessary, um, as much as possible, I would say avoid doing that yeah. because if you can constantly show up in the inbox and you're leading with value and then you're making your pitch either at the end or at the end of a sequence, people will be much more likely to not unsubscribe because even if you're selling them, they know that it's more valuable to stick around and hear what you have to say that, that they would want to stay rather than unsubscribe. So I guess the short answer is, is, is try your best to write valuable emails. Right. Um, that's kind of the, that's kind of what it boils down to. Um, and then another thing you could consider is if you have like a specific, and this is getting maybe a bit, a bit technical here, but if you have a specific sequence, say you're launching one type of product, um, that might only appeal to 25 or 30% of your list, you can offer like some email softwares offer you the option to like opt out from a certain, uh, sequence, but not opt out of your greater kind of list. Yeah. So that's a way you can kind of keep people on as well. Um, and that's something you, it would depend on the platform you to look into how to do that. Yeah, um, that's really cool. Yeah, I know Flowdesk has something kind of similar. So what I do, like anyone who gets added onto my newsletter um, subscriber list, they get essentially categorized into, you know, like, did they come from our Facebook group? Did they come from this freebie? Did they come from that freebie? And so... I love that because there are definitely times where I want to speak to like a very specific person. And so I can send an email specifically to just the people who signed up for like our travel list or just the people who signed up um, and are already in our Facebook group. So if I'm sending out an email that says, hey, you should join our Facebook group, I don't have to send it to that whole segment. So it definitely does make it really easy to almost just like send people the emails that they actually want to receive. And I think it's one of those things too, where like you, you have to think about it. If you were the person getting the email, you know, like, is this an email where you would actually care what's inside, you know, cause if, if not, then you need to change something around so that people obviously are going to find the value in it and then will want to keep reading. It's kind of the same again with social media, you know, like if we create a piece of content and it's not valuable, it's just a selfie of me saying, hope everyone had a good weekend. Like what is that doing for anyone? No one's going to care about that. It's, it's all about the value. And I'm sure that, you know, newsletters are no different. Absolutely. And like you make a good point there when you said that you have ways to tag people coming in through the various different, um, you know, lead magnets or sources. I think that's another really good way. uh, You you just said it like, I guess in in email marketing speak, it's like segmentation. Okay. So like creating segments of um, like smaller chunks of people inside your bigger email list and only serving them content that's most relevant to them. That's also really good best practice for minimizing unsubscribes because you're, like you said, you're just sending the right message to the right person right. instead of everyone. Yeah, exactly. And you actually mentioned lead magnets, and that's something that I kind of wanted to touch on um, going into like monetizing. So first yeah. of all, what is a lead magnet, um, and what do people need to know about them? Yeah, excellent question. So a lead magnet is essentially a typically a free um, resource that you give away um, in exchange for you know, usually an email address, maybe a first name as well. And um, the purpose of the lead magnet is is essentially to magnetize 
you know, your ideal lead to you. Right. Um, and really to capture that email address such that you can then send emails um, on the back end of that to try to generate sales right. through whatever means you might be monetizing your list. And I think the key thing of, of a lead magnet is having it be kind of bite-sized, have it like small, um, something ideally that can be consumed in like one sitting and, and give your lead a quick win. And then bonus points if it kind of makes sense to go from your lead magnet to your paid product, like if right. that follows a natural logical progression. Um, so they're definitely really powerful. It's, it's better to have a lead magnet, I think, than just having join my newsletter because yeah. people at least get the perception that they're going to get something of value immediately from from joining. Yeah, that's a really great point. We actually are, uh, we have kind of two going on right now. One of our lead magnets is um, a media kit template. And that was something where I was talking with people online who were kind of potential students for my programs. And so many of them were like, oh man, like I'm just looking for the right place for it to get a media kit. You know, like I don't know how to, what to put on it. And so I, I knew this was a need for people. So I created a template, you know, and it essentially just brings all of these new people that are definitely my kind of target audience right to me. Um, and again, they get that template out of it, which is really nice. We also have one that is a creator rate sheet. So anytime people are like, oh man, I don't know what to charge. I'm always like, here's this, like, and it will nice. show them, you know, like exactly what, where they can kind of start charging for things. Um, you have one as well, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so on my end, I have um, what I, what I call like a a free email swipe file, yeah. which is which is basically another way of saying like a little um, mini guide uh, with a couple examples of subject lines and even email copy that I've sent out that have kind of done well that you're yeah. free to use as a as a reference and and includes some 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 ideas about how to format your newsletter as well. And um, yeah, I have that hosted at at newsletter. DylanBridger.com. Perfect. And basically, that's the that's the gateway into my email list. So you'll download that. Then I have automated emails that go out, and then a regular weekly, sometimes two to three times a week, uh, broadcast email that I send out after that. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually, um, I just got into uh your you know your freebie that you have um this morning and I was like oh my gosh this is actually really helpful because sometimes I struggle the the awesome. subject lines honestly I guess that's another really great question for you subject lines can be really tough you know like what the heck are you supposed to put as a subject line you know like what are things that you know get people to actually open them yeah amazing question because subject lines like if if you give me 30 minutes to write an email, like I, I will spend, I, I'd rather have a pretty good email with an amazing subject line than a pretty good subject line and an amazing right. email. Because it, it, if it doesn't get open, nothing else matters. True. So there's a number of, yeah, there's a number of different ways you could think about the subject line. I think first and foremost, like curiosity really helps. Curiosity and intrigue. Now that can be something like, there's kind of like, um, direct response marketers way of thinking about that which is like uh you can you, you can be kind of like bait and switch i don't recommend that i think yeah. like just having something that you're curious what's on the inside right um like a story opener is a good way of doing it so like you know this happened yesterday or something like that okay. where, where it implies that a story is coming those do very well another good sort of format if, if you don't know what to think is is how to achieve benefit x right so how to 
whatever it is, how to land a sponsorship as a yeah. creator, whatever it might be. Um, and so those are two really good ones. Okay. But with, with the subject line, I would say really don't be afraid to experiment because like a few weeks ago, I was, I was traveling with my fiance and I, I sent out an email and it was just, I'm in Paris. That's all I said. Um, cause we were traveling in, in Paris <laughs> and that one did like astonishingly well compared to my other subject lines. Wow. And to be honest, I, I was just kind of scrambling for a subject line. I didn't <laughs> give it all that much thought. So it just goes to show that you don't really know what's going to work until you try it and then sort of try to figure out afterwards right. why it works. Yeah. Well, hey, I guess now you know. Maybe you should just start traveling everywhere so you can just say, I'm in New Zealand. <laughs> all exactly. these different places. Yeah, I actually, so we had a podcast episode that was all about taxes and, you know, like all that fun stuff. And basically in the in the subject line, I put that one time I owed, you know, thousands of dollars, da, 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 da. And I got a crazy open rate. And it's a true story. I really did. I was not prepared for it. This is when I first started and had no idea what I was doing. But it was a story that a lot of people could relate to. And it was definitely something that they were like, wait, why did this girl owe thousands of dollars? Like, I have to know. And so we did get a very good open rate there. So sometimes nice. the subject lines can, you know, really make it or break it. Absolutely. That's a great subject line. I love that. Because it's like simultaneously you're hinting at a story and also you're suggesting that there's like tension or conflict, right? Exactly. Which people love drama. So. Yeah, that, hey, you know, we're humans. <laughs> it's true. So when it comes to actually growing your uh, email subscriber base, what are basically some of the methods that, you know, we could use? So we talked a little bit about that lead magnet. Um, what else can we do? Yeah. So I think basically once you have your like your lead magnet hosted on an opt-in page mm -hmm. and you have maybe some some emails on the back end, which which we could probably talk about as a separate question, but when you have your email funnel built, let's say, um, then you can really just focus on like certainly your audience, what I think you guys do best, which is create content, you know, create traffic and send it into that funnel that you have existing. Yeah. So that's one of the powerful things about, about email as a channel is once you have, once you kind of build the base of it once, then you can shift your focus back and then all the traffic and attention that you're generating on social media, just try to siphon some of that attention into your email list to build up that asset. So like organic social media is, is a no brainer. Like you can put your, your link to your email opt-in page right. in your bio. So that's, that's what I do to grow my email list. Another thing you could do is is paid ads if you if you're willing to invest some some dollars behind it. Like when I first started my company, I, I got my first like sixty or so you know sample of subscribers yeah. through running Google ads, and it was like something uh -huh. like it was a keyword like how to do email marketing or something something like that. Okay. And then they just went to a page and and they opted in. So if you have if you want to invest some dollars, you could do it that way. Okay. Another thing is like list swaps with other creators. So if you have some friends that have a newsletter that of approximately your same size, or for that matter, even if they have a smaller, but maybe, you know, you guys are just friends, yeah. you could do like kind of a shout out to each other That's in your cool emails. Idea. I'm actually about to do one pretty soon with, with another creator and we're going to do it that way. And then another one is to buy ads in another, it, like the, the other way of doing that is buying ads in someone else's newsletter, okay. which I haven't yet done, but I've heard nothing but good things about as a tactic. 
Yeah, I've seen that actually in a few uh, newsletters that I personally subscribe to where it will just say like, hey, you know, if you love my newsletter, you'll probably also like my friend. Da, 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 and then they'll kind of go into it. But it's it's so true. It's kind of similar to like, you know, podcast trailer swaps or even influencers who share each other on their stories and say, if you like my content, you'll probably like this person's content. Um, so, I mean, like that, that totally makes sense. I know for me, we kind of have this little setup where my goal is to get people into our Facebook group. So we have a Facebook community um, and essentially, you know, we have a ton of really valuable information. So just being in the community is amazing. But when you opt, when you opt into the Facebook group, you give your email, we add you onto our uh, subscriber list. So we've been able to build our list immensely with that. Between that and our freebie is kind of like, I would say the, the biggest things that we've been doing, but both have worked really, really well. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, however you can do it, you know, and sometimes like even just little random things, like you can put in your email signature, you can add a link Very to good. your, to your freebie, yeah. like little details like that, that over, over a long period of time compound. So yeah, I think that's awesome. Ooh, that's a, that's a good idea. I like the, the signature thing at the end of the email. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about monetizing. Um, obviously, you know, there are a bunch of different ways that we can, um, monetize our newsletter. There are, just so many different avenues to go down. But I think a lot of creators are probably thinking like, oh, you know, like I just started my newsletter. I probably don't have enough subscribers. You know, like at what point can a creator actually start monetizing? Great question. I mean, I think I think you can kind of start monetizing whenever you want in terms of in terms of follower or a subscriber size yeah um with the caveat with the caveat being to like have realistic expectations True. obviously if you have 10,000 subscribers it's, it's just likelihood that you can potentially generate a higher revenue depending how engaged they are yeah. than if you have 100 engaged but like frankly for my personal brand my email list today because I only really got started getting active on social media in the past few months which I'm like regretting now but like i'm so happy i'm here <laughs> finally like putting myself out there welcome to our lives but, yeah yeah but like now that i'm sort of constantly on mostly on twitter and you know it's it, it's growing but it's still relatively small yet i'm still getting uh you know done for you service requests through through my emails i'm selling my course through it um you know none of these being enough to completely drop everything every other acquisition right. channel but you can be pretty small and have and have an impact. So, and the same goes where if you're looking for, I think a lot of the people uh, in your audience would probably be looking to something like um, like sponsorship deals, right. maybe to like have other brands sponsor the newsletter. Potentially, I'm, I'm making an assumption there. Um, sure. And if that's the case, yeah, I, th I think if that's the case, like I've heard, and I'm not as much of an expert in that domain. I've heard that like a thousand subscribers is is a healthy number to like, you know, brands will start kind of looking at you. Okay. Certainly in that range, but I think even less than that there, there could very well be um but I, it just it kind of depends so if you're selling like services you can you can make a big dent with a pretty small list yeah um if you're selling info products like kind of lower ticket info products you might you're going to need a higher volume okay but i think the sooner you start trying the sooner you'll sort of figure out what works yeah. so i think even if you have 10 people on your list today i would say still just get in the habit build the habit and then just people will start joining at their at their pace yeah. and, and you'll be in a good position. 
Yeah, I think so. We are right now. I think I'm at a right around 1,500 subscribers, and we just did our first ad in a newsletter. So I, nice. I was like, this is so cool. I can't believe someone wants to pay me for this. But what was really awesome that I kind of used to sell this brand on buying ad space in the newsletter was that my audience is exactly their audience. You know, like my audience is full of creators. You know, if they're a business that's focused on reaching creators, 1500 creators is actually a pretty good amount to get right into their inbox. Um, So I think if you do have like a very specific audience, I think, you know, again, a thousand subscribers is, it's still a really great amount of people, especially because in newsletters, there's clickable links. You know, we think about, on Instagram, if you have a thousand followers, like, you know, it's kind of hard to start monetizing, but you also can't really click on too much unless it's in stories. So on an email newsletter, there's obviously a lot more opportunity for purchasing or going to the brand's website, um, which I'm sure that they will appreciate as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like, because email is such an intimate channel by its very nature, as opposed to like social media where everything moves a mile a minute, and right. so much noise. Like if you're someone that has a really, really engaged, but small list, what the, not only is the brand paying for like the, the number of eyeballs that will see their message, but they're also essentially paying to leverage the relationship that you built up with that list. Right. Which is obviously there's, a, there's intrinsic value in that. So yeah, I I think that's 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 exciting that you get that you had that, uh, that you sold the ad space. Congrats. I was so excited. I had no idea what I was doing, but somehow it worked out. So that just goes to show, you know, you gotta just you gotta just do it and see what happens. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And like I was, yeah, oh, what were you say? I was just gonna say yeah. So I like I do with my work. I do a little less on the like acquiring like get brands to sponsor yeah. your uh, newsletter just because of the, the niche I'm in. But um, there are some. Uh, platforms out there. I think it's called, I think there's a platform called Swapstack okay. where they, and there's probably other ones too, but they do like essentially connect uh, newsletter owners to brands and sort of facilitate oh. those transactions. So you could go and check out some of those like sites like that and see like, you know, if anyone's interested where I'm at in terms of like my, my readership, is there going right. to be any brands interested? Could be a good starting point. Oh, that's really cool. I will definitely be checking that out. That's a great idea, you know, because again, it can be, hard to find the right brands that are looking for your exact audience. So I love that there's a resource for that. Um, I was also going to ask, speaking of resources, are there any places that creators can go to kind of figure out in terms of rates, what would make sense um, for, you know, charging for ad space? I wonder if that Swapstack website has info on that. Yeah, they might very well. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Swapstack. I'm pretty sure they would. Um, I, w- I would definitely go to some. My best recommendation yeah. for that would be to go to a platform that sort of brokers these deals because presumably they would have data to know kind of like if you have a thousand readers with these metrics, this right. is probably what a brand would be willing to pay based on what we've seen. Um, but the the really short answer is I'm, I. I can't give much of an expert comment on that just because I haven't done many of those deals myself. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's the same with content creators, you know, on social media. Like there's no one place that we can really go to find exactly what to charge. It's just, it really is a lot of trial and error. You know, you see what 
what brands say yes to and what they say no to. And you just kind of have to work from there. Um, so I'm not, I'm not surprised that there's not like a, you know, you can, if you have this many subscribers, you charge this much. Um, cause our, our industry is exactly the same way. So for the creators who do have a product or a service, what is the best way to kind of organically sell product in the newsletter? Cause again, like I think about some newsletters that I'm in, it's crazy to see how different they all are. Some of them are extremely salesy where it's just like you open the email. It's like, promotion we have this new service click this button now hurry um and then there are some again that are like a little bit more of a storytelling kind of newsletter so are there any that you would suggest when it comes to like selling products or services yeah any sort of like formats or any ways to go about that yeah i guess like i guess what would be kind of like the top tips for organically selling you know like what what would kind of like convert best, I guess? Yeah, great question. So I, I, I think um, I think a pretty good way that you can strike a balance between like being authentic, not like feeling sleazy or gross by yeah. writing the email, but also like getting getting sales is to to really take the the sort of story and then transition it to an to an offer. And okay. I think in my opinion, you can well, in my opinion and in the opinions of people that I've learned from who are much smarter than me at email <laughs> marketing, um, I think if you like, if you leave with a story and then transition it naturally into whatever it is that you're selling and kind of help the, help the reader make that bridge between what you're saying and the product or service, yeah, I think that's a really effective way to stay entertaining, but also sell. So, you know, like the, I would say the, the most direct example of that would be to like, tell a story about someone that you worked with and explain kind of where they started, what they struggled with, what, what they did and what happened. And then basically saying like, by the way, if you're interested in getting a similar transformation, you know, let's book a call here and then sign off. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Cause the idea is that if you can have the, the value that you deliver in the email through your story or through your tip or through something that is like a credibility signal for you, that does a lot of the actual selling for you. Right. So the call to action can be pretty short and sweet. And furthermore, you're probably going to link them to a sales page, which will actually do most of the hard selling of that offer. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I have actually learned something about social media recently, um, and selling on social media and it's kind of the same on email now that I'm thinking about it. Um, when I was kind of like getting started with my podcast, I was just sharing, you know, like, oh, new episode, go listen to it. And people listen, but like, it wasn't as many people as I expected, basically. And so what I had learned, I actually have like a podcast um, mentor. And he was telling me he was like, you have to stop selling. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, isn't that the whole point? Like, don't I want to get people there? And he was like, the more you just talk to people and, you know, make it like a relatable experience, if they comment something and say, oh, I had an issue with this, then you can come in and say, oh, I actually did a whole podcast on it. Like, if you want the link, I can send it to you. That when people get to make their own decision, that's an easier way to sell than just like, buttons for link clicks and and things like that where they're kind of like overwhelmed and and they feel 
like they're being sold to. So I've actually been trying to do less selling and more, again, storytelling, just having conversations with people where I can organically fit this kind of stuff in um, or fit my products and my podcast in. And honestly, it really has made a huge difference. So I feel like it's kind of the same with email where instead of just sending, you know, like an email that has a picture and is like, you want this? Buy now. If you were to, again, like show results, make it relatable, tell a story, I think it is easier for people to make their own decision to purchase, you know, than if you were to be aggressive with it. Yeah, I think I, I agree with everything you just said, and I couldn't have said it better. So I, I think that's, that's really well put. <laughs> Thanks. Um, awesome. Okay. So thank you so much for all of this. Uh, again, selfishly, I was like, you know, I actually have a lot of questions about my newsletter. Um, and we've gotten a lot of uh, questions, especially now that a lot of Instagram accounts have been getting hacked and this and that. Um, so I think people are realizing like there's got to be something off social media that you know, they can still connect with their audience. So thank you so much for all of these tips. It was so great having you here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kristen. This was great. Of course. And you can find all of Dylan's information as well as his opt-in for his email where you can get that nice freebie that we were talking about all in the description. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Social Scoop brought to you by Your Social Mate, where we help entrepreneurial creators learn how to monetize and turn their online influence into a legitimate, profitable, and self-sustaining business. We hope you absolutely love this episode and come back every Tuesday for a new one. If you really enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review here and send us a DM to let us know your favorite part. We're an open book if you ever want to discuss episodes. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at KBOUSQ. We'll see you next week.